From the world of sports to the world of pop culture and beyond, it's Step 1, Learn Sports. Now, your hosts, Brittany Wench and Avery Harder. This is Step 1, Learn Sports. Episode 1, I'm Brittany. I'm Avery, and we got Arby's over here, our producer, not the actual restaurant, Brett Bryan of Titans Radio, RB. Arby's. This is the podcast that talks about sports in a way that you won't get lost. We know that it's easy to freeze up when people around you start talking about the big game last night, the big games coming up. And we also are very well aware that uh, you probably know whether Zayn Malik and Gigi Hadid are together or not. So They are together right now, just in case you didn't. See, I thought they broke up. Oh, wow. So I guess I am. We're going to have to work on that. that. (laughs) We're breaking down all things sports in a way that you can follow along. And let me tell you, we have a lot to cover this episode. Starting out with our 60 second skinny, which is 60 seconds on six current sports related headlines. We are breaking down all things March Madness that starts this week. And speaking of madness and brackets and winners, there was a pretty interesting bachelor finale that happened last week. We're talking all about it today. There's a lot on our plate, but we will definitely be saving time to get to your no dumb questions towards the end of the episode. All right, right into the 60-second skinny. Le'Veon Bell signed with the New York Jets after sitting out the 2018-2019 season with the Pittsburgh Steelers. He was protesting the amount of money paid to running backs in the league due to the amount of physical contact their bodies take in their careers. And... He's actually making less a year now with the Jets than he was with the Steelers. So basically, Le'Veon decided that he doesn't get paid enough to get beat up like this and tackled. Seems that way. 2018 Super Bowl MVP quarterback Nick Foles has signed with the Jacksonville Jaguars for a four-year deal worth $88 million. This happens fresh off of two Super Bowl runs, the Philadelphia Eagles, and he comes down to Jacksonville, which leads them to cut their inconsistent quarterback, Blake This is Avery's hometown, Jacksonville, so please tell us, how do you really feel about this one? I'm in love with Blake Bortles, and I hope that he moves to Nashville to be my best friend. (laughs) A-Rod is off the market. Former Yankees All-Star is engaged to J-Lo, his girlfriend of two years, and the ring is estimated to be worth $5 million. Let me tell you, check out this ring on Instagram, look it up on Google Images, It is a serving platter of a ring. I kid you not, I looked at it and I was like, that is a dish right there. I could serve cheese. It could be a charcuterie board of a ring. I have a big forehead and it makes my forehead look small. That's how big it is. Pretty big ring. OBJ to the Browns. Wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr. has been traded from the New York Giants to the Browns, and he rounds out an all-star offense down in Cleveland with Nick Chubb as running back, Jarvis Landry as the other wide receiver, and Baker Mayfield at quarterback. The Browns offense is starting to look a lot like how the Nerd Lux from Space Jam, after they steal all the talent from those NBA players uh, and become the Monstars, that's exactly what I think of when I think of their new offense now. That They're making formed. a Super Bowl run with that team. Kyle Busch ties Richard Petty's record with his 200th career win, and he is now in place to become NASCAR's overall career victories leader with his next win. Fun fact, Kyle Busch's primary sponsor is M&M's. His uh, cute little, which I'm probably going to get a lot of backlash for saying cute little, <laughs> cute little jumpsuit is all M&M's. He looks like a bag of peanut M&M's. Ooh, Chris ones are the best. And we have Zion Williamson return to the court this past weekend with Duke for the first time since his minor knee sprain after a shoe blowout in the game against UNC four weeks ago. 
Duke went on to win the ACC championship over FSU on Saturday, and they received the number one overall bid in this year's NCAA tournament. Leading right into the reason that workplaces across America are estimated to lose about $2 billion over the next three weeks. That's $2 billion in revenue all collectively. You think, how is that possible? Let me tell you. March Madness is not called March Madness for any small reason. It is because it takes and consumes all of our time and energy. That's all anybody is going to be watching over the next few weeks. We want to give you some quick tips to help you over the next few weeks as you're watching these games. we got a segment called Avoid the Party Foul, APV. Here's a little segment we're going to be referring back to throughout the podcast because it's the worst when you're in a conversation with someone and you say something that is totally wrong. Avoid the party fall. We've got two for you. Some history of March Madness and a little bit of Basketball 101. So we're going to start from the beginning to get you guys a little comfortable. If you've ever filled out a bracket for The Bachelor or The Bachelorette, which let me tell you, I've done it for six years now. That's the reason that I started liking The Bachelor and The Bachelorette in the first place was because we got to fill out brackets and it became a competition. That's what I'm saying. Fueled by competition is what we're all here for. If you don't even have a snake in the game, like my favorite team is Arkansas. So I refer to this as March Sadness. March Sadness. Because we did not get a bid. We were slightly less garbage this year than our average years, but you know, still did not perform like we should have. Correct. So let's give a little background on the history of March Madness. There are 68 teams that are selected to play in the NCAA Men's Division I Basketball Tournament. There are 32 conferences in the United States. All 32 conferences for the last couple days have been playing their conference tournaments. If you win that conference tournament, there's 32 bids. That, that's called an automatic bid into the NCAA tournament. Yeah, think about it. That's already half of the final 64 that end up getting into the big dance, as it's referred to. Just about. You're right. Just because you lose in your conference tournament doesn't mean that you don't have any way of getting into the tournament after that. It's called Selection Sunday because this is the day that all 68 teams are revealed, they're selected, and they use what's called net rankings which is brand new this year in the past if you didn't win your tournament and you're one of the other 36 teams they've been they've used what's called rpi which is a ratings percentage index this year is the first year since 1981 that they're using this thing called net rankings we have tweeted out a link that does a little bit deeper of a dive because we have a lot to get into today that kind of talks about the five factors that net rankings uses uh, NET stands for NCAA Evaluation Tool. So. Oh, I thought it was just a play on basketball. No. No, it's not. So you've got your season. Then you go into your conference tournament. If you win, you get an automatic bid to the tournament. If you lose, it doesn't mean you're automatically out. But the selection committee decides on the other 36 teams that will receive an invitation, a bid, a berth. Those are all the terms that they use to see if you're going to be making it into the big dance. It's just... It's called March Madness because everyone has everything to lose. You are not guaranteed anything once you've been picked out of 1 through 68. You're right. You're not guaranteed. Like if you're rated the number one team overall, which was Duke, you're not guaranteed a trip to the national championship. You don't have a clear cut path just because of how you're seated into the tournament. But before we get into that, let's go with our second 
avoid the party foul and give you a little bit of basketball 101. There are 10 players that are on the court, five on each team. There are five positions for each team. Yep. We got the point guard. This is the one you're going to see handling the ball most often. They dribble the ball up the court. They pass it. They distribute the ball. They read what other team is doing, and they call all the plays. And we have a shooting guard. Shooting guard's a really good dribbler as well. He's a great shooter from pretty much anywhere on the floor, whether it's up next to the hoop or out further out for three-pointers. And both guards are typically shorter than the other players. They're pretty fast and agile. Avery and I were both guards. We were. Um, I think if we went one-on-one, I might have a leg up just because I am who I am and Brittany is who she is. Interesting. Read that how you will. Interesting We're going to have to test that out, have our own little March Madness here in Nashville. Moving into the next two positions. So you've got your guards. You've got a point guard. You've got a shooting guard. You also have two forwards. These are kind of interchangeable. You have a power forward and you also have a small forward. A small forward is the shorter of the two. Usually the second or third best shooter on the team and should be able to do a little bit of everything on the court. Your power forward is your second tallest player, most likely. They have to be able to guard bigger players on defense and they score most of their points in the paint, which is what it's called when it's like closest to the basket, in the lane, basically that colored paint on the floor. And then you have the center. Center is typically the tallest player on the court. They are literally in the center of the shooting area, and they're also in the center of the whole court for tip-off. Two tallest people on each team go for the ball. They are in the middle next to the hoop, and it puts them in a good position for a rebound, and they can score very quickly. So now you can avoid the party foul as you watch all these games over the next couple weeks. You know a little bit of the history of March Madness, how everyone gets selected, that it's not the same teams every year, 32 conferences in the United States that are Division One. how the other teams are selected, and about each position on the floor and why um, some people are taller playing in one position and the shorter ones are playing the other positions. There's a rhyme or reason to that, I got to tell you. There is a rhyme, there is a reason. All right, let's get into what happened on Selection Sunday. So, number one seeds. There's four regions. There's East, South, West, and Midwest. Each of those regions has a number one team. Duke, number one overall, and then they're also the number one in the East. Then we have Gonzaga in the West, Virginia in the South, and UNC Tar Heels in the Midwest. And just so you know, regardless of where your team is located geographically, it has nothing to do with where they get placed on these four. Right. Now that all of these teams have been announced and everyone kind of knows where everybody's playing, the matchups have been set for the first round. Um, you got your play-in games that will happen on Tuesday night starting at 6.30. And then after that, those four teams get put into the bracket. So it's kind of like when you're filling out your bachelor bracket and bachelorette bracket. I kind of see this as night one. Colton started with 30 girls. And then after night one, he got rid of a few and then came with his yeah. who he was actually going to be doing the season with, who was going to be doing the one-on-ones. That's yep, kind of like what out. Tuesday is. Yeah, and I would compare like the number one overall to the first impression rose. And oftentimes, I believe it's four out of the last five bachelor seasons, the girl who got the first impression rose made it to uh, fancy suites. Oh, yeah. So it is likely to assume that Duke will make it to the final four. But you never know. You never know who the dark horse is going to be. The Cinderella story that is going to bring 
number one down. No, the uh, speaking of Cinderella stories, I was just thinking about this. So I'm from Chicago originally, and um, Loyola, Chicago, which we're not going to be seeing this year, sadly. They had Sister Jean last year. She was the celebrity of the tournament, if you remember. They were an 11 seed, and they mm-hmm. made it all the way to the Final Four, which like hadn't happened in many years. No, and this lady, I believe, is like 98 in a wheelchair. She's a nun, and she is the most vibrant person to have on a court besides Matthew McConaughey rooting on the Longhorns because he's basically an honorary player for them. But she was their spirit animal and she's still kicking. So I hope that they make it back next year and that she leads them to the national championship because she was fueling that team 100%. As everyone's filling out their brackets and obviously there's the Cinderella story of the team that is seated lower like we said, just because you're seated lower doesn't mean that you don't have a chance to make it to the final four or make it to the elite eight or any basically like doesn't mean that you don't have a chance to advance to the next game. Um, the odds of picking a perfect bracket as you're filling it out are one in a an astronomically large numbers, but basically it is a 9.2 quintillion. Kylie Jenner was just named... <laughs> the youngest billionaire, and we thought that was a big deal. Quintillionaire is unfathomable. Yes, that is four or five times this. Math is not my strong suit. Picking teams is. But that that's crazy because it's some 60 million people on average fill out a bracket, whether it's informed, analytical, down to you know exactly how many points they're going to score and you can predict it and you're betting on it in Vegas or you're picking based on mascots and colors. I retweeted something today that was talking about like what type of bachelor or bachelor, what type of bracket filler outer are you? Are you the person who chooses based off of color of the jerseys? Are you the person that spends hours and days uh, researching and looking up records and best players are you the person that is the cheater and says oh hey so what did you pick for that like 710 matchup <laughs> that like, sounds like one of those uh buzzfeed um what they call listicle or right. a quiz what that'll tell you what kind of person you are or what does this tell you about who you are based on how you fill out your bracket but i did have one of my roommates in college connor she did it based on solely color scheme of the jerseys, and she got the Elite Eight and the Final Four right. Wow. Based just off that, no, she couldn't even tell you where Florida State was, and obviously it's in Florida. There is no rhyme or reason, basically, to how you can fill out. There's no right or wrong way to do it. Avery, have you filled out a bracket yet? I have filled out a bracket yet, and I, everyone around me knows that I love to see a number one seed go down. And I don't have a number one seed going down in my bracket right now, but I do have a number 15 seed beating a number two. And this is strictly to upset most of my friends here. I have Colgate beating Tennessee in the round of 64. So go big orange. You can go back home. Loyola did beat UT last year. They were a number ranked number three last year. And, um, yeah, that would have made Loyola 14. Loyola, Loyola was uh, an 11. Yeah. So I just love it. I mean, I think I think Duke has it all. They have Zion, so I think they're going to go to the Final Four. Yeah, but for that but reason— But if they lose him, they're done for because they have not been good since he got hurt in that UNC game. I just kind of feel like the more hype there is around a team and players, 
not that not the worst they do, but everyone's kind of expecting. Like for example, back in 2011, when University of Missouri was ranked two, uh-huh. they got a, uh, ranked. They got a second seed. Yeah, um, they lost in the first. We all thought they were going for they, they were going to win the entire thing. Like just not because today. that you had a great season, and just because you get a great seed doesn't mean that you're automatically going to win. They got knocked no. out in the first round by Norfolk State. I still have nightmares <sighs> about it. Did you go to that game? I didn't go to the game. I was in St. Louis when they were playing but i watched it um my sister had a volleyball tournament and i remember sitting there in the hotel room watching the game just like stunned shocked because you thought i mean if you're one two or three seed in your respective region you probably think you're gonna make it to the sweet 16 just based on how you did this season but almost all of the teams that you're put in a region with you haven't played before Mm -hmm. they're not in the same conference as you normally they're not any of your outer conference games. So you're studying these teams you're playing based solely on tape, not experience. It's not like Duke and UNC who play each other multiple times a year. They can prepare. They know what to do. They understand their recruiting and everything for that aspect. But Tennessee and Colgate didn't play this year. And I think that Tennessee is going to come in and think they have it in the bag and Colgate's going to steal the bag. There are That's lo- my upset. I'm predicting it right now. UT's You're, done on Friday. You heard it here first. There are a lot of teams, uh, as we look through our brackets, that I feel like I've never heard their names before. Yes, so there's one. Prairie View has a play-in game. Couldn't tell you where it is. Sounds like a nice little neighborhood. But I think that they're going to win because I love an underdog. I'm very excited about Belmont getting an at-large bid, meaning that they didn't win their conference. They, The selection committee decided to extend a bid to them. They got a play-in game. Belmont. This is the first time that's ever happened for Belmont. This town, we're in Nashville, for those of you that didn't know, but Vanderbilt had a terrible season. They went completely defeated in the SEC, so they obviously were not given the time of day. Belmont is the best D1 basketball program in the city. And they deserve it. I mean, great kids, great coach. Couldn't ask for a better ending to their postseason. They fall in the Ohio Valley Conference. And the Ohio Valley Conference hasn't sent two teams to the tournament since 1987. So this is huge. Wow. Murray State is the one that won the tournament. And Belmont, um, which plays Tuesday uh, at 9 o'clock Eastern time, it's the first time that they've gotten a bid at large. I I have a good feeling. I don't know... Off the top of my head, if any play-in teams have made it past the Sweet 16 round, but I think this is Belmont's year. Could be. Belmont's in my Final Four, saying it right now, too. Um, have you ever filled out a bachelor bracket? I have, but I originally thought that there was a non-comparison in the bachelor bracket to a March Madness bracket. I thought You didn't think they were the same at all? No, because the one that I always did was... You pick your like best three for that week, and then you get to pick a next three for the next week. You oh, can refresh so you went week it. by week. Yes, I did week by week, and I recently have learned that you you can do it exactly like March Madness. They oh, yeah. release all the people beforehand. Like for Hannah season, they've already released all the guys. Which, what do you think about that, about Hannah B being the next Bachelorette? Personally, as a girl born and bred in the south of the U.S. of A., if I hear Roll Tide one more time, I am suing ABC. Because if you are not an Alabama fan, you wish the worst upon them and their families. I just had a hard time with her first one-on-one with Colton. It was on her birthday. Here's my thing. My mother always said, 
no matter what, in the back of your mind, you need to always have a cheers and you need to always have a joke because you never know when it's going to come up. And she got asked by Colton to make the cheers. And yeah, I'm she sitting made the there. Toast, right? I'm sitting there on the edge of my seat and she's in, she's a pageant girl. So yeah. I don't know if she's like used to being super like she has all the lines fed to her. I have, I have no clue. I am not even making an assumption about that, but she gets asked to make the toast and she just like clams up. She starts like yeah. smiling and saying, oh my gosh, I don't know if I can do this. And I'm like, girl, always have a cheers ready in the back of, whether it's cheers to new beginnings or whatever. You could be this funny. This adventure we're about, yes, please be funny. I if ended, anything, be funny. I ended my sister's, uh, my sister and now brother-in-law um, uh, maid of honor speech by saying, everyone, please raise your glass. It ended on such a sweet note. And then my mom was like, why did you have to end on this? <laughs> it ended on such a sweet note. And then I said, everyone, please raise your glass, Michelle and George, to your children, having hot mothers and rich fathers. Honestly, what more could you ask for? I just think- Funny and true. Had Hannah B whipped that out during during the for her first one-on-one with Colton, do you have any idea? She'd be like America's sweetheart. Well, they made her- Chris Harrison made her do a toast again yeah. on After the Final Rose, and it was still as cringeworthy. So whoever her pageant coach is needs to be on the road with them on Bachelor Hit. During the After the Final Rose, when they brought out the first five guys for oh, her to yeah. choose from. Uh-huh. So funny enough, I don't know why I am so into rap, but I am. Oh, and I this, loved that guy. This guy, I don't remember what his name was, but he rapped his like intro to her. You always have to stand out in some way, shape, or form. And he rapped to her and then ended it with like Roll Tide. And I was like, honestly, I would give that guy a rose right now. I think you would and propose to them right now. She did. Yeah, I would have been like, hey, I'm done. I found my person. Yeah. We're oh, good. Cancel We're the season. Cancel the season. We're on the same wavelength. I found my person. <laughs> uh, but yeah, then she actually gave out a rose right then and there. What did you think of the season overall? Um, Well, I do have to say, as much as I'm a fan of the competition and watching and seeing how it pans out, I'm also a fan of ruining things for myself. Me and Reality Steve are the closest of internet friends. Yeah, that's the um, March Madness. That's the thing that they don't have. They don't have a Reality Steve. They can't have a Reality Steve. No, I mean, you have these guys on ESPN predicting, like, Duke has a 19% chance to win, but... He didn't see Duke win and then is now right. posting a blog about it online any, like Reality Steve is. He's, any given team on any given day. No, we've got to get Reality Steve into March Madness so I can make some money off of this. That's what I'm here for. But I did love the season. Um, I love that it turned out very real. Was the know. fence jump everything you wanted it to be? It was. It was so talked about. And they showed everything in the previews. That's like my least favorite thing is in a movie, if they show the funniest part in a preview and then you watch the movie and you're like, I thought it would be more funny because of this one part I've already seen. No, I already, I knew he jumped the fence and honestly, I read it on Reality Steve. So I knew exactly what happened. So I think it's a personal problem as opposed to a production for ABC problem. I thought it was kind of funny that he pulled her aside and he was like, I jumped a fence for you. Yeah, if a man jumped a fence for me, I would be happy only if he jumped back over the fence with tacos. I just have a hard time believing that Cassie is like as into him as she says she is now. Or makes it seem like on Instagram because they are all over the place. I know, which I told you, if you're just, if you're sick of it, just unfollow them. But now I just thought of something. So during the Bachelor season while they're filming, they're not on their phones. Right. Similar to these athletes. You know, during March Madness, they don't have their phones on them. They are 100% dedicated to the game, the prize. 
the prize on Bachelor, which I think probably most people would say to fall in love, but it's really become the next Bachelorette. But the prize, March Madness, you're there to win a national championship. I did see you're an dedicated. I did see an interview with Zion Williamson saying um, they don't really pay attention to news and rankings and all of that, and that it's even if they are a number one seed, they're still going to treat a 16 seed like it's a number two or another number one. I actually just got a text from my dad. And he said, my bracket has Duke and UNC in the national championship game. Hey, don't rule it out. This early, anything could happen. That They're my favorite two teams to watch play college basketball because their rivalry is so intense. Like The amount of points scored by each team is only one or two off at the end of each game. It's always back and forth. It's almost a completely tied rivalry. You couldn't pay for a better national championship than Duke-UNC, except for Duke and Colgate. Duke and Colgate, please <laughs> tune in. We have covered as much as we possibly can fit in about the history of March Madness, some 101 on basketball, what actually happened on Selection Sunday yesterday. We are going to leave some time for No Dumb Questions, which is the part of the podcast where you send us your questions, maybe something that you're not 100% comfortable with speaking out loud in mixed company so you send your no dumb questions to us hashtag no dumb questions and we answer them here for you the first question we got this week why are there play-in games Avery so this question is probably one of the best ones when it comes to March Madness because everyone throws this term around and you're like but they're already in the tournament why are they playing in still to get into the tournament so play-in games are the four lowest-seeded automatic bids, meaning that they won their conference, right. play the four lowest-seeded other bids that were done by the selection committee. So these eight teams play each other. And there are so many D1 conferences that back in 99, they went from 64 teams to 65 with the Mountain West Conference, from D2 to T1. And then in 2011, they added three more. So it just makes more sense to have... Instead of one additional team, they go ahead and add it in three. It gives more teams a chance who really busted their back all season. They get to go to the big dance or at least get a chance to. So they do these play-in games every Tuesday and Wednesday leading into March Madness. And then the four winners of those games qualify as the final round of 64. Our next question, how many years has the tournament been played? So, tournament's been played since 1939. They have changed up the rules over the years, but the tournament itself has been played since then, and it started with only eight teams. So it's grown significantly over the last 85-ish years. Definitely has grown. Our last question for this segment, has there ever been a number 16 that beat a number one in the first round? Funny, you should ask. Right up until, if you would have asked this question exactly one year ago, Everybody would say no. Nope, a number never 16 happened. has never beat a number one. But last year, Virginia was taken down by University of Maryland, Baltimore County in the round of 64. And it just, it really warms my soul. It could be year two of a 16 upsetting a one. It could be. Virginia is a number one again this year, and they are set to play Gardner Webb. On the 22nd at 3.10 p.m. Eastern Time, if you're looking for anything to do that day, there's an upset on the books. 
March Madness starts this week. Tuesday, March 19th is the first play-in game at 6.30 Eastern Time with Prairie View versus Farley Dixon, followed by Temple versus Belmont at 9. Thursday, the rest of March Madness will begin. Big games. I'm sure you're going to have them on at work. I'm sure you're going to have them on a, your computer at your desk. I think we uh, put them up on a big screen. Yes, we have a big um, performance studio that we have, and we put it on the projector. And honestly, if you think you need to hide it from your boss, they're not dumb because they're doing the same thing in their office. They just have a door to close. So right. don't feel bad. You have to follow your bracket. They understand that. Work is not going anywhere. Like we said, an estimated $2 billion in revenue across the country is estimated to be lost because of people. Don't tell our market. Watching, watching the games, filling out their brackets and following along on their brackets. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Step One Learn Sports. Thanks to Arby's, our producer. <laughs> New episodes coming every other Thursday on 1045thezone.com or iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen from. Follow us on Twitter at S1LS podcast that's s the number one ls podcast in the meantime you can follow and listen to 104.5 the zone for all of your sports updates and links to our show yeah don't forget to follow us individually too at avery harder at b underscore winch w u e n s c h and don't forget to hashtag no dumb questions for our next episode and we will be back see you next time